It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon on a Thursday. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. On the final day of March, we welcome you to the program as Trent Condon and myself, Ken Miller, talk sports with you for the next couple of hours uh, that we're going to be bouncing all around the world of sports here as we wait for some well some games <laughs> we'll get one tonight but a week from today it'll be uh it'll be on with the opening day of major league baseball and oh by the way they'll be putting tees in the ground all over uh augusta national so uh, with that being said the bmw of des moines guest list looks like this we're going to start with wade looking bill uh he covers the hawkeyes for us helps us out with the hawkeyes former hawk uh pick his brain on uh on what the roster is starting to shape up for as far as next year who he likes and uh, to cut down the nets on Monday night and basically to thank him for what he did for us uh, January, February, March. Um, and he's been, he's been a great contributor to the program. So Wade Looking, Bill, on Iowa. Tommy Birch on Iowa State Mimmons and Women's. Ashley Jones coming back to some baseball with uh, Birchie as well. I guess Davis, the uh, the jewel of the Cubs farm system, according to Tommy Birch in his piece at the Des Moines Register today, he will start, not Tommy, Davis, yeah. uh, with, with the Iowa Cubs. We've seen the scouting report for Tommy back as a high school pitcher. Now, you remember bringing that up. It was not a sterling one. No, he's writing about it, though. So <laughs> yes. he stayed in the game, found a way to stay in the game. He's a good baseball mind. I yes. like picking Tommy's bra- baseball mind. We'll do that. And Iowa State with Tommy Birch. The Masters is a week away. And in order for us not to do our Masters preview with our friend Matthew Rudy from Golf Digest on... Tiger this, Tiger that, fill this, fill that. Mm-hmm. Thought we'd get that out of the way today and do kind of a week uh, in advance of the Masters before we dig into the to the field next week. Right. Whatever that field looks like, right. if it has one Eldrick Woods part of what it. What do you think? You know, I didn't see anything yesterday. Now, after a positive Tuesday, mm-hmm. news-wise, right. kind of quiet yesterday, or did I miss something? I didn't see anything either, and that's why I went to you, because you are Mr. Twitter, you're addicted to it, yes. and I figured if something came across yesterday, you'd be the one. And you I didn't said, see anything. Radio silence. So, now, what do you read into that? Is that good news? Did or is he it? sneak out and nobody saw him? I mean, he's very private. Nobody's... Is he back in Florida because no, the legs were... just didn't work well you know what Trent I I don't think so and here's why I say that and and we're used to I think it's more of an Iowa State fan base thing locally Mm -hmm. tracking planes is what I'm talking about (laughs) okay yeah Uh, when when it's time for a coach and uh, they seemingly maybe they weren't first in my mind they were because I remember them doing that before well you know why because Iowa hasn't had a football search since that tracking software has been around (laughs) there's a big difference good point yeah, that's why point. you don't remember it because it hasn't happened. Did Ferentz beat the internet? It was close. It was around. It was it was close. 
But there was no social media at the no, time. No, there was nothing. Right. There was nothing. Um, I came across a picture of I'm getting together with uh, with a bunch of guys and gals from the jock on Saturday. Oh, I'm actually fun. going out. Right? I, I'm baffled by that. And it's I, all right. I am. I am too. I'm. I'm proud of myself for doing this. Yes. So I'm going to go out and watch the first game. I guess they do this every year, and every year I get asked, and I I come up with an excuse. Sure, that's what you do. That's what I do, yeah. right? Um, but this year I'm going to do it because I'm getting old, and I haven't seen these people in twenty something years. So I was, you know, trying to find some stuff. Uh, that I could share with them, and you know, a lot of them's with the jailbird um, and and me in it. But I found a picture of where we used to do the show when we first went on the air. It was my office at Prairie Meadows? Okay, and the walls were made out of kind of like ceiling tile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's um, it's sound absorbent or what soundproof is what it is. But you can staple into it really easy. Okay. So I had all of the NFL. Remember the I think it was Miller Light came up with a. Big poster size schedule yes. for every. That was the internet. The internet was stapled to my wall. Even when I started in 2003, yeah, the internet was around. It was a thing, but. When would you have your first computer in front of you when you did a sports talk show? There was a computer, but it didn't have internet on it in the studio. <laughs> it just had. Uh, it, ju- it just had Microsoft Word or whatever? Yeah, basically, it was yeah. that. And yeah, you type out kind of what you were going to talk about, yeah. a couple of talking points and a couple of nuggets that you'd kind of dug up throughout the day. But it was had the newspaper, yep. maybe an article or two that you print off from the computer. Sure, absolutely. And then you just went and today schedule. What's the schedule look like? Well, then you'd go to your book yes. and you pull that out, or that great big book baseball reference oh, that was. Absolutely. I mean, you have a sore back from lugging that bad boy around during baseball season. I had Cardinal Lauren that'd call in to talk Cardinals basically every yeah. day to me, yeah. and, and I had to be up on the Cardinals. Oh, I know. We, you, you had to. Uh, had to uh, for me, it was sportspages.com. I would get up every morning at three o'clock. I'd go because we uh, had a home computer like in I don't know in the nineties when we first started doing this with the old dial-up and it'd make the with sounds. the old dial-up. <laughs> yep, and it had to be away from the family because you didn't want to wake them, so it was yep. on a different level. And the New York papers would be up first. Okay. Uh, so I'd read all of them, and then, and there was no charge at the time. Mm-hmm. There was no paywalls. So you'd write down notes about that, and then get in the car and drive to Indianola. But um, where did I? How did we get here? Anyway, oh, the picture, the picture yes. of um, with the helmet schedules, with the helmet schedules. Yeah, that's what it was like. Well, but, that's going to be fun for you. I, I'm looking forward. So, to it. who are some names? Kenny that... Thompson, who was the first producer ever. Yep, a lot the... of people know that one. Kenny yep. calls in from time to time. He does. And for Off those air. people that have found Sports Talk Radio since we went to FM, and a lot of you have, and we're certainly grateful for that. Sports Talk started in 1996 in Des Moines. Um, June in 1996, and, and Kenny T. was the first ever producer. We hired a gal by the name of Jenny Motes, who mm-hmm. I believe is now selling real estate. Oh, okay. And she was our update gal. We thought that, you know what, this station needs a female voice. Mm-hmm. And I was working out at the time I was still lifting on a daily basis. There was a health club in Ankeny that it's not a health club anymore. It's not a very big place. It's kind of right across from... Yanni's Italian, if you live in Ankeny. Yeah, I know the place. Yeah, okay, I know the there's, a, there's yeah. a building right across the street. I think it used to be a U.S. Century Link or whatever, U.S. Cell. Um, and I met her there. Mm-hmm. And she had a really distinct voice. And I, I don't know. We just struck up a conversation. And I don't think she thought I was hitting on her. <laughs> you, you never thought about being on radio? Well, well now, <laughs> yeah. now you can find out Saturday. Yeah, for I sure. don't think so. But uh, <laughs> so she's going. Scott Pierce, 
um, is going to be there. A lot of them. I mean, I know a lot of them. Five, four, five. Tony at Zenny, mm-hmm. Ben Carroll, the baseball Benny. I- I'm looking forward to it. That's I haven't awesome. seen these folks in a long, long time. Good stories. There will be, I think. Yeah, I think it'll be fun. Um, I think it'll be fun just to reminisce a little bit. I'm, hell, but not getting any younger, right? Right. Um, so you just never know. Speaking of not getting any younger, read a sad piece, a well-written piece on a guy that I'm assuming meant a lot, certainly a lot to your fan base. You were pretty young for the 85 Bears. But Kindergarten. Right, but that's where my fandom started. Well, there you go. Um, Steve McMichael, as we know, is in a really tough fight with ALS. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's he's in a tough fight. Uh, and Dan Pompeo, who covered the Bears for years at the Trib or the Star Sun-Times? Uh, trib, I, I think. I think of as the Trib. So do I. I think, yeah. Maybe could it was be mistaken. Both. Could be both. Yeah. It could be both. Um, but he he's at the Athletic now, and he wrote a really good piece on his fight on some of the former teammates that come by to cheer him up. Um, I mean, it's ALS, right? You, it's it's sadly it's a death sentence. I saw the article this morning uh, on my Twitter feed. Saw it retweeted by somebody, or maybe it was even Dan's uh, that put it out there. And there was a quote in there: "I told my wife to kill me." Yeah, and I. I couldn't click on it. No. I just was not in a mental state to go through that. It's funny you mentioned that. Um, I tell my wife all the time. If, if my mom died of Alzheimer's, it was mm-hmm. awful. Mm-hmm. I mean, she, and I know that it's, it's afflicts a lot. I mean, Keith Murphy's dad. Yeah, uh, my mom. So in this building on, the, on these microphones here, there's two. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna start the car. Honestly, I'm gonna start the car. Keep and shut the garage door. Yeah, I don't want to do it. Don't want to do it. Why would you? I told you I was really close with one of my great grandmas. She had yeah. it too, and just. It's devastating. Yeah. It's so, so difficult. And back to McMichael and what he's going oh. through right now and still powering through. He is. He's doing his best. Yeah. Doing his I mean, Steve Gleason, his, he has had this disease for, boy, it's got to be a decade. Yeah. And Trent, this is, you, you're handed you know, two or three years. Yeah. Um, that's at best, right? Lou Gehrig's disease, ALS. But he's fought it and he's... he's He's fighting the good fight, and he's hanging in there, but McMichael seemingly uh, it's not going well. So if you're a Bears fan from that era, what an era it was. What a team it was. Mm-hmm. What a team. What a defense. What and a defense. Only one championship. Yeah, only one championship. Now they got one. got one. Right. But had that parade. Only one. Looking back upon it, a team was too good. And I know that yeah. the 49ers were ascending at the time, mm-hmm. and, and it was very difficult. Mm-hmm. And you had some good. And Rams the Cowboys teams. were on the comes when they got that first overall pick. Yep, and that that was. I mean, that was like and five six years Walker, later, Hersh- right? But yeah. the Herschel Walker fleecing was was still to come. But you had her deal with the Giants and uh-huh. the Niners, and yeah. the NFC was so stacked back mm-hmm. then. Now it's the AFC, and you know Jim McMahon, if he was healthy, uh, if how different maybe it could have been. One, yep. we'll take the one. Mm-hmm. I need another one. I was in kindergarten. No, you're right. You I'm do. Be 42 you in do. Two weeks. You had a couple of baseball championships, but there's nothing like your 11. squad winning base, winning, winning a Super Bowl. Can you imagine going through life? Well, your real team, the Winnipeg Jets, have never won it. No, and they left for 15 years, which is <laughs> salt in the freaking wound. But you've seen Broncos win two, three, multiple championships. Three. I'm, I've been on the air for three championships in your adult life. Yes. Imagine not having that. No, I couldn't. Couldn't. Never. Now, again, my sports heartbeat. Left town for 15 years. Yes, yeah. Imagine Iowa State leaving Ames for 15 years or Iowa leaving Iowa City. You know, we're going to move to Sioux City. Or, or no, you're going to leave the state. Right. Not gonna, we're gonna we're going to Carson, get the hell California. Out of there you go. That's, that's kind of what it's like. Anyways, uh, so um, yeah, read, read the piece if you want. It, yeah. it, it is a good read. So, Tiger, back to the Masters and what mm-hmm. we expect to see. The, it is um, 
I don't know if you can read anything into it or not, but can you imagine the numbers that that we're going to see if indeed he does play? Mm -hmm. I mean, Trent, come on. It's unthinkable because we've seen across sports the rise back up of TV ratings. Mm -hmm. After the weird 2020, we had the Masters that year in November. November. It's so hot. It really was. It just it wasn't the same. Nope. And even last year, it still wasn't the same. I don't remember. Was capacity like 20% last you know, year? No, I don't recall. We'll have to ask Matt yeah, Rudy. But I, I, I want to see. For some reason, that number jumped to mind. But regardless, again, it wasn't the same. Mm-hmm. And now it's the same. Now it's back to as normal as it can be at this point in time. You couple that with normal time period. You're not coming off the weird bubble Final Four. Right. You've got a real NCAA tournament and that lead-in and the people that make their way. And there's going to be so many national writers that go to oh, New Orleans this week yeah. and then hop in the car and they go to Augusta Absolutely. then for that. You're going to have all the buzz and then you couple it That's with a great Tiger point. Woods. They're in, the, they're in the vicinity. Coming back. Yeah. And Tiger Woods you know, with the sun around him. And mm-hmm. we got to, we really are starting to learn more and more about Charlie. And, yeah. and there's so many different angles here. This different guy coming off the injury and now seeing him on the course doing it at Augusta. Oh, I just hope it happens so, so much. Because I, I, I love the Masters regardless. Oh, absolutely. It, it doesn't matter. It didn't matter if it was in November. I still loved it, and I still watched a ton of it. Uh-huh. But I didn't watch as much because football. Right. But it's still there. Yep. And it's still that course. You put this on top of it, you're talking about Buka rates. And, and, and he, then if he's in the hunt? Oh, there's no way. I agree with you. Well, here, that, that's... If, if I gave you even odds, make the cut. Well, you don't have to give me even odds because you can. Um, no is plus one thirty. Yes is minus a buck fifty. Where would your bet go? Yes, mine be no. I think he can make the. He's Tiger Woods. Yes, and I don't. Now you know what? Let me ask you this. Well, we'll ask Matt Rohde this too. There was a time I didn't think that he would ever embarrass himself mm-hmm. with what he's gone through in his life lately. The car crash again. He's speeding. Mm-hmm. Um, Self-inflicted, if you will. Does his does his attitude change? Is he matured enough to know what he means to the game? Because I thought that once he started to the skill started to diminish even a little bit, he'd be gone. Yeah, he wouldn't play on the senior tour. He's got he's got millions, hundreds of millions of dollars. Never thought we'd see him on that because of the fact that I thought he was too proud to go out there less than Tiger Woods, right? Um, but I think he's probably changed. I think age, maturity, wisdom, mm-hmm. love for the game, don't know what you got till it's gone type of thing. Yes, absolutely. I think that's a huge part of it, too. Uh, I forgot to tell you this, but a little programming note for Monday. Bob Herrick, the longtime yeah. ESPN golf writer, he's going to join us at 1045. Oh, awesome. He's got a book on the Phil Tiger rivalry uh-huh, that is coming good. out. And I uh, had his publicist reach out to me yesterday. So got him uh, set. We'll talk some masters and talk about his new book coming up on there. But that rivalry and what it was, just how cold mm-hmm. and calculated yeah. and robotic. And it was great for golf. Tiger Woods. Yeah. During that time period. And we saw Phil Mickelson in an entirely different light. And yeah. I tried to tell people that the, the Phil Mickelson that you think you mm-hmm. adore, not maybe if 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 only. Right. You know, you peel the peel the cover back, the facade back a little bit. He's not the most squeaky. And, I, and I, everybody's got skeletons. Well, not everybody. Most of us have some skeletons. Full circle. Tiger, will he or won't he? I think yesterday, with no news coming out, says that maybe it didn't go very well. Either he woke up more sore than he anticipated. Mm -hmm. And he walked the course on Tuesday. Yep. And this is, I've never been, but everybody says, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like 
Waveland magnified by <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right. They think of think of like a Terrace Hills, a flat and course, you, and then you, you go, go to, to Waveland, Waveland. Yeah. and you don't get to drive. Right, no market. Right, that's the difference, and we're yeah. talking about, of course, different levels here, but. That's leading me to believe that it didn't go very well. Mm-hmm. There would have been something if he woke up yesterday, things were good, he wanted to go out and play another nine, whatever it was, and it didn't, and that's why we haven't heard anything. So maybe he's going to give another shot to you today. Coming, yeah, he's got to. I mean, maybe took a day off yesterday to rest. Try, try and go back-to-back on the weekend, yes. maybe. Go today, tomorrow, see how he feels, and if he can do that yeah. by Saturday, maybe we'll have the news. But All we'll right. wait. So... Finishing the top twenty, yes plus three eighty five, no minus four eighty five. I don't even have a making. You're, so you're so you're yeah. Um, I see finishing your, position. I see your wheels turning over. I there. think they are. Do trend. it now before eight thirty though. Do it before you get a puff and a pull. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, finishing position uh, thirty four and a half. First round score seventy four and a half. I don't know. It's just glad. To, I'm just glad we're 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 at least rolling these props around in yes. our minds, right? Uh, the will he or won't he? All right. So the Brady news was uh, not the Brady news. Well, there is. It's a tentacle of the Brady news. Bruce Arians. Mm-hmm. Did Brady push him? Oh, I hadn't a even lot thought of, of it. people. Now, now Trey Wingo adamant on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wasn't fighting Mike Florio. They never got into it. Florio is absolutely convinced, and he said he went on record. By the way, we're trying to get Mike Florio in his new book. I have a bad email address. It keeps bouncing back. Oh no, yeah. Let me look through my old one here. Would you break and see if I can find it? Um, because he's got a book out, and and that'd be an excuse to to get him back on. He's done on a lot. Uh, it, was, it was before he became. Yes. You know, the, the, the personality that he is. NBC's. NBC, Mike, Mike Florio. So he's he's been convinced. A lot of people are convinced that, that the reason Tom Brady was flirting with the Niners, the rumor was out there that he's going back to Miami it was because he would not play for Bruce Arians. That apparently Leftwich and Brady would work on the offensive game plan mm-hmm. and Arians would have to sign off on everything and would take out his pen and... And scratch stuff. We're not doing this. We're not doing that. We're doing this, this, and the other thing. Kind of reminds me of, to an extent, Dan Reeves and John Elway. Yeah. The the the, uh, the give and take between those two became toxic. It did. It did. I mean, Reeves would be um, so buttoned up that he wouldn't. I mean, and, and so careful that they'd be trailing in the fourth quarter. And all right, John, go save us. Which is how they got all those uh, the, all those comebacks, right? But apparently. The Arians Brady wasn't an outright feud, but the fact that Brady couldn't do what he wanted to do with that offense, it became kind of a tug of war between the head coach and the quarterback. Now, after the news came out, Tom Brady very quickly jumped on his Instagram and thanked Arians for the last couple of years. We couldn't have done it without you. Thank you for your leadership. Dot, dot, dot. I'm not sure I'm buying it. There were a lot of those conversations that happened during the two years, too, about Arians calling him out. Something yes, that you he didn't. did. Nobody did. Yeah, because Belichick wouldn't do that. And Belichick had every right to do it. Yes, there were times that absolutely he should, but he would. That's not the way that he coaches. He'll, well, especially with Tom Brady. Right. It was just a different kind of relationship in Arians, and it was a surprise. And especially that first year when they got off to a little bit of a slow start. What were they? Six and five? Going into yeah, that final stretch, something November, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before, obviously, they caught fire and mm-hmm. go on to win a Super Bowl. But so there were those kind of conversations. They wanted. It's a different kind of relationship. It was not maybe the fatherly type. It was the mean drunk uncle, right? Bruce Arians. Yeah, you know, with with Brady and the way that he handled him. Now, my mind didn't go there though, and that's why I was kind of intrigued and I, good info there uh, from you. But 
my mind went to San Francisco again. Did it? It it again went right there yeah. to Arians knows he doesn't have him now as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. That this whole charade is ultimately him going to end up. Maybe it's during the draft. Maybe it's right afterwards. Whatever it is. But he is going to go back home. He's, Brady has talked about this. Yeah. He's talked about playing until he's 45. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when he first retired back in January, when was that? January? After the Super Bowl. Yeah. No, no, it was before. Was it, it before? It was during the playoffs, okay. yeah. And when he did that, well, he's only 44. He said he's playing to 45. Right. And this is a guy that has a checklist. Yeah. This is a guy that goes through things. And another part of his checklist is he's talked about this, that he right. wants to play in San Francisco. He wants to go home. Mm-hmm. Or does he? Or was that all part of, you know what? I'm going to make this happen. If if Bruce Arians is is wearing the headset, um, I'm going to play somewhere else. I'm going to come back and play, but I'm not going to come back and play for Bruce Arians. So you want me or you want him? And by the way, if you want him, you'll get your two-year commitment from season ticket holders, which is now required uh-huh. in Tampa Bay. Yes. And they're not getting that for Trask, <laughs> right? Right. who's the backup quarterback, Kyle Trask, Florida. Yeah. Um, Who's, it was the QB in waiting. So Brady comes back. The two-year commitment. You can't get a season ticket for a year. You have to buy two years. Now that's in place with a promise that Bruce Arians won't be there when the the time is right. Well, the end of March, you're, you've done all your draft work as far as, for most of it anyway. You have mm-hmm. a pretty good idea. You're By the way, it's four weeks from tonight. Who's counting me? Like, yeah, um, yeah. It's the unofficial halfway point of the of the offseason. So yes, I'm counting. But it seems like you can check a lot of boxes, and maybe there's something to it. Maybe this isn't a tinfoil hat. I can buy those theories. I can buy it. But you know I'm not relenting. No, I'm I mean, not you're, you're I, dying I'm, on that Niners Hill is what you are. I'm not relenting on this. I don't know when it'll happen. I don't know how it's going to happen. But I think ultimately it is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And that is where Brady is going to well, take I hope you're right, because you convinced me to buy a Niners ticket. You, you did. You absolutely did. After 830? I Probably. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's when I do my betting. Oh, man. <laughs> it's terrible. Mm-hmm. That usually does not go very well. Though you got Villanova coming up this weekend. I know, and, and Kansas, yeah. yeah. So I got a couple of them alive. Anyways, uh, can't wait for that. Uh, are you? I'm, I know you are. Are you going to watch the NIT tonight? Yeah. I can't make a case for Xavier. I'm right there with you. And it's, the number's now, what, four and a half? It opened yeah, at two? Yeah. And very quickly went to four and a half? It's really, really what, tough What's to the cut line for you? What What's the number that would make you think, hey, you know, I can't bet this game? Or, man, that's too many points. I think Xavier can keep it within. If it gets to six, yeah. I, I think I'd have to think about it. But currently as it is, yeah, I'm going to lay the Four points. and a half is still a play. Texas A&M. But I, I'm Mr. NBA now. After last night, boy. Clubbed him again, kid. Yeah, yeah, just nothing but money coming in. Mr. <laughs> NBA, you know how closely I watch it. I watched a ton of NBA last night, though. By far uh-huh. the most NBA multiple games that I watched of the whole season. I mean, really? even more than Christmas. Well, you didn't have a lot of choices, right? If you, there, yeah. was, there was Puck on 245. Didn't get I, there. I watched no, my... I watched a little Seattle last night. Did you? I just wanted to see what the crowd was like. It's good. Yeah, they. it seems to be. And yeah. Vegas was in town. Mm-hmm. I watched my Jets beat Buffalo, and then I went to the game that you were talking about, Golden State and Phoenix. Uh, Steph Curry, when, is, is he going to be back for the playoffs? Is that the hope? That's the hope. Can, I mean, is that realistic? I think so, yeah. I think at least everything that I have read okay. indicates that, yeah, they, they think health-wise, where is he going to mm-hmm. be? Still to be determined there. But it was fun last night. It was watching Mikel Bridges. Yeah, remembering him and mm-hmm. Nova and just how good yep. he was and, and seeing these guys and, and going from watching the college game all year long and then watching the NBA. 
and watching it like that. It's a different level of athlete, isn't Boy. it? It really is. Their ability to get shots, the yeah. defense that That's can be played. It's so tough. You watch a guy playing in college and think, holy mackerel, this guy's going to make a boat. He never plays. Does, I mean, here, and, and it's guys that you don't think mm-hmm. coming out of college. That Jordan Poole, <laughs> right. a perfect example. Trent, at Michigan, he was... Do you, I mean, I, I remember he played at Michigan. He was fine. But that's just it, right? Mm-hmm. That's all. He was never, oh, Poole's going to carry him. Right. Hawks can't beat him. They got Poole. That was never the case. I don't even know if we talk about him. I don't think we did. Yeah. And and then he goes off for 38 last night. Now, I didn't watch. I couldn't stay up till the end. I figured. <laughs> but it was I, a missed free throw that helped me get a cover. Was it? Yeah. Very thankful Well, you'll for take that. them because yeah. they hurt you uh, periodically when you need that free throw to go. And we had a way. great comeback in the Spurs game to get the cover there. They're down 20, came back, lost by a point to Memphis. Mm-hmm. That Memphis team, youngest team in the NBA. Got Average him, age, 24 30, years old. 30 to 1. To win it all? Uh-huh. Hmm. Josh coming back. I think so, too. Look, Phoenix is going to be, but you can't. Phoenix is 3 to 1, essentially. Yeah. 3 and a half to 1. You can't bet them at 3 and a half to 1. I'm ready. It's tomorrow's April. That means NBA time, and I am ready for it now. Yeah, me too. I am ready to get back into the NBA. Well, we've both watched our share of T-Wolves this winter. Right. A little bit different. Just kind of a team that we root for yeah. because of your son. It's a rooting yeah. interest for you. But it's not the same as watching. It, last night, Miami-Boston, that was physical. Now, was that ESPN too? Also, or, yeah. Uh, ESPN also? Yes, that was right. the lead-in to uh, mm-hmm. the, the Suns-Warriors game. Really high level. Hadn't seen a ton of the heat this year. Seen a little Celtics, but not much either. Mm-hmm. I know Robert Williams, their big guy that got injured, has kind of been a storyline because this Boston team over the last two months has been at a defensive level in today's NBA that we haven't seen. They're really good, but Miami made plays down the stretch, and it appears, at least for the moment, that Jimmy getting in another fight. What a bonehead Jimmy <laughs> Butler he? is. Well, With his teammate? No, a week ago. Oh, yeah, that and, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now they go to Boston and win the game? Huh. I guess fences are mended over there. He's a head case, Trent, but yeah. boy, he can play. Yes, he can. He can flat-out play. All right, we will uh, get our first break. Wade looking, Bill, going to uh, um, put a bow on the Hawkeye season. Take a look at the roster coming up uh, with our friend Wade Looking Bill, who helped us all year long uh, with the Hawkeyes. Grateful to have him as a resource. Pick his brain on how he, who he thinks will win the Final Four. By the way, um, Doster and Company, Field of 68, mm-hmm. they are on location already in New Orleans. The guests that they've had stopping by their set have just been, they, their coverage started last night. I'm so into what Doster's doing. Yeah. He's done it. Him and Jeff Goodman. Um, They've really, I think, got a little niche here. I really do. Speaking of uh, Jeff Goodman, he had a tweet this morning. Noah Carter, formerly of where, you and where, I. Where, 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 He has uh, dropped it to a final five already. Yes. So you have Virginia Tech. Uh-huh. You have Missouri, okay. Arkansas, Marquette, and Florida. Boy, Musselman's got, he's, he's got a lot of kids' attention. Noah Carter, go to Arkansas. Maybe that gives Iowa a better chance of getting Fardaz. That's a good point. Well, Meek. Yeah, um, because, because he's in on them, too. Yes, he is. Musselman's putting together a class. He's really... He's this, got the number two class in the country. It's, it's wild, right? Mm-hmm. It's absolutely incredible. All right, uh, we will take a timeout, come back. Wade Looking, Bill, then Tommy Birch on Iowa State. Matt Rudy, Trent, and I will talk a little Tiger, Phil Mickelson, kind of a week out from the Masters. Uh, and then we'll talk some NFL draft. Matt Manassari, and looking forward to these conversations as we start them up getting closer and closer to the draft, four weeks from tonight, round number one. Miller and Condon underway on a Thursday. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3, 50-50. Now back to Miller and Condon 
on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, Miller Condon. Welcome back. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller taking you up until noon. Tommy Birch on Iowa State coming up here in, oh, 10 or 12 minutes right now. Wade looking, Bill. He's helped us out all season long as he's done over the last few years. Talking Iowa basketball season has come to an end. Off season in full swing. Roster starting to take shape. Uh, and Wade joins us. Wade, uh, Trent and Ken, thanks for coming on, Wade looking. Bill, how are you? Really good, really good. Yeah, basketball's kind of winding down, but it's getting to be like a like a never-ending season with the transfers and everything. Yeah, it, it, no, no doubt about it. So season ends for you. Think back in the day, uh, not your yeah. senior year when it was over, um, but what are, knowing that you had more eligibility left, for the most part, do guys, or did guys, um, and as you said, it's becoming year-round, would you take like a month off, or how, how did you and your teammates handle it back in the day? I, yeah, I don't think it was even that much. I, I think it was a week. I think it's just something where, you know, looking back my, my junior year, my freshman year especially, um, you know, you're just, you're just hungry. You're just, you, you had a taste of the tournament. You know, a, a guy like Peyton Sanford, you know, got, got to play a little bit, but mm-hmm. probably not as much as he wanted, but he wants to be in that, in that mix next year. So I, I think you take a, take a week off and then you're right back at it, just trying to improve, trying to get better. Um, there really isn't a lot of downtime anymore. Wade, you look at this Iowa basketball team. They accomplished a lot this year, but there's still the sour taste in their mouth, losing to Richmond in that fashion. Uh, take us back to that game and the path that it had. It felt like Iowa was set up incredibly well to make that run to the Sweet 16. Disappointing. And, and how much does that taint a season, in your view, not getting to the second round as something that Hawkeye fans have been waiting for now for over two decades? It's tough. It's tough. I think it was a it was a really good year. A really good year. That that Big Ten tournament weekend was terrific. Mm-hmm. But it was just it was a horrible ending. I don't think there's any other way you can you can look at it because that was not a good Richmond team. They finished what fifth or sixth in the conference. You know, Providence beat them by thirty five. Mm-hmm. you know on on Saturday, um, it just was something where. I think every game out, they 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 needed Keegan to be great, yep. and he was he was good against Richmond. They had twenty and nine, but they needed twenty seven and twelve, and they got three from Chris. You know, just things that they had done that whole previous weekend, um, they didn't do, and, and they got beat. And you know, it happens to Iowa, it happens to Kentucky. You know, it's just something where you pick a bad day, and and. And Richmond had what seven super seniors. You know that they had veteran players, so they weren't intimidated by anyone. But really good year, really good year, exciting year, but horrible way for it. So you mentioned you mentioned Chris Murray Wade, and we saw. I mean, I don't think anybody thought that Keegan Murray, from when he left the floor uh, after the Oregon game to when he came back and was just a different player. I mean, thought he, we thought he'd take a step, but not the giant steps that he took. What's the likelihood Chris gets close to that? Not saying he's going to be a lottery pick, because uh, I'm convinced he's coming back. Um, he is. He'll so, come back. Right. So, sure. so how big of a step forward can he take based on, or is it fair to even base on the step that Keegan took from his freshman to his no, sophomore? I, I think you have to look at, it'll be a kind of a similar, similar traje- trajectory. You know, it, it's better for Chris to have Keegan leave. You know, there's more shots, more touches. 
He'll be the focal point of the offense. You know, he'll be able to do things next year that that Keegan did this year, but Keegan won't be there. So, so Chris can grab a rebound and and and, and bring it up the court more often. I, I think they're going to be okay next year. I, I think it's something where I wish Keegan all the best, and if he wanted to come back, that would have been great. But he has to go. Yeah. You're, you're the fifth or sixth pick of the draft. You, you have to go. Um, but I think there's still some pieces that Iowa has returning, but they got to get one or two kids to, to come in too. Cause you, you just can't compete with 19 year old freshmen versus 23 year old juniors. It just doesn't work physically, mentally, and the whole experience factor, unless you're Duke and you got five first rounders, five lottery picks, then you can have young kids playing, but everybody else, if you look at the final four, everybody else has transfers. They have you know, kids that can shoot it, dribble it, you know, bring the ball up the court. You have to have a little bit of mix of some freshmen, but a lot of transfers. So Joe Tucson is transferred. Josh Gundelay, Big yep. Jelly, he's in the transfer yep. portal. Those guys depart. Yep. Big Jelly. <laughs> the, the surprise to some people, I think, was Tucson. We speculated about it, losing his job, stuck around, did all the right things here. But we look at like a guy like Tucson. He'd certainly help, but how impactful is his loss to this team? And well, I think the question goes, what have you heard about DeSante Bowen, if anything? Yeah, so so with Joe, I, I love Joe. You know, I, I, I thought he brought that toughness, that Bronx attitude. You know, but you're talking about a kid that averaged four points, three assists. You know, so it's it's something where I, I, I think they can recover from that. Now, they're going to miss him because he was a glue and that toughness and that, and that defensive attitude. Um but it's something where I just think it wasn't a great fit. You know, it was something where um, when Joe came in that year, I think he might have been even their fourth or fifth point guard they offered. You know, that, I don't know if that was Tyler Ulysses' year, but they all kind of blend together. Maybe not. But anyway, it was something where, you know, and they were happy to get Joe. They were happy to get Joe, but it just was not a great fit. Once he took over the team this year, they struggled, and they were obviously better with Jordan at the point. Um Asante Bowen, I don't know. You know, 6'3", athletic. I heard that, you know, when he was scrimmaging with the kids on his trip, he was, on his visit, he was he was doing some things that they hadn't seen since Andre Woolridge type of stuff. Wow. You know, athletic, finish. Um, but he's a freshman point guard, you know, so I think there's got to be a little bit of expectation where I think Aaron Euless will start, you know, if, if he sticks around, which I think he will. Um, and then bring in DeSante Bowen, you know, to finish games and just to, you know, kind of acclimate him to the system. Uh, Wade Looking Bill is our guest. You know, back to Keegan for a second. Maybe unfair to, to rank him amongst, uh, well, let, let's put it this way. He ranks amongst the best to ever play uh, for the University of Iowa. I, I contend that, uh, that, that right now Harrison Barnes is, is made the most money of any Iowan in sports. Has Keegan got a chance? I mean, they, he certainly looks as though he's got what it takes to play at the next level with his size and with his skill set. And the way that NBA players are breaking the bank with that second contract, look, he's a lottery pick. I'm with you, Wade. He's in that five through seven range this year. What's his NBA future going to be? Uh, going to be? I think he's going to be a really good player. Really good player. Now, now he's it sounds so silly, but but he's kind of old for an NBA player. I, I don't think he'll play an NBA game until he's 22. It'll be close, late 21, which sounds so crazy. But you're talking about kids that are freshmen at 18, 19 years old. So he'll have a little bit less of a window to earn money, so to speak. But I love Keegan's game. When you look at the draft this year, there's those three bigs. 
Chet, Jabari Smith, and um, um, the kid from Duke, Paolo. Yeah. But do you like Jay Nagy, who turns no. it over, you know, is crazy with the ball, or do you like Keegan Murray? Do you right. like Johnny Davis, who's four inches shorter, yeah. you know, than Keegan, but can't rebound, block shots? Mm-hmm. I, I think Keegan could be, and this sounds kind of crazy, but he can be a better shooting Scottie Pippen. He can defend, he can block shots, he can guard one through fours. You know, at the NBA level, because he's long. I mean, I don't know if you've seen Keegan up close, but he is not a small person by any means. But I think he's going to be a great player. He's quiet. He's, you're not going to have any problems with him. He, he is a he is a team's dream, I think. We talk a lot about the football program being a developmental program, and that's how Iowa football has been built. I think you can look at Iowa basketball the same way from – what we've seen recently with Keegan, Luca Garza, going back to a guy like Aaron White, who wasn't even top 500 player in his class, and he comes in and becomes a first-team All-Big Ten performer. They've had these kind of guys, and they developed them in a positive way. When you look at that development, Chris, I think we all anticipate Chris is going to have that leap. Who else out of the young group do you anticipate is going to have kind of that big jump forward we've seen from a lot of these players throughout the years? Yeah, I don't know if he's still in the in, in the young group, but but... Patrick Patrick McCaffrey could be a pro. I mean, Patrick is six nine and a half. He can handle it. He's athletic enough. You know, his, his shot's a little funky, but it's there. You know, he has some of those same similarities as Keegan. I mean, he can rebound. He's got to get better defensively, but can bring the ball to court. I like his game a lot. And I think Peyton Sanford's going to have a big year next year. You know, it's something where you know six eight. You know, he can rebound. I think when he was playing last year, he kind of forced his shot too much, you know, because he, he's only going to get eight minutes a game, so you got to kind of get your touches in. Um, I like him a lot, Josh Dix, you know, from Council Bluffs, assuming he's healthy. You know, Purdue offered him, Wisconsin, Stanford, Creighton. I mean, he was he's a top 100 type of player. So they got some kids coming in. They just got to find some, some like, a, like a stretch four. And I, and, and, and I, I, I love Rebracha. But he's a fought just because mm-hmm. he can't shoot it. He, he can't shoot free throws. He can't shoot outside 15 feet. So everybody sags off him. I mean, you look at Kofi Coburn, not even going to get drafted. Not even going to yeah. get drafted. Not even close. He's going to come back, The probably. game has changed so much. He might, but yeah. come back to what? Well, he's NIL money of a half a million dollars. Well, could be. Yeah. That's true. That's yeah. true. But he, it's funny because he probably would have got drafted last year yeah, if he would have came out. But this year... You know, again, can't shoot free throw. So you have to get guys that can really stretch the floor. If you look at the final four teams, you know, everybody can shoot it. Everybody can handle it. And Iowa's got a lot of those pieces. And I, I like that starting lineup with Chris, Patrick, Rebracha, maybe DeSante Bowen, um, and Tony Perkins. That, that's a pretty good five. Indeed it is, but um, I've got a whole bunch of Peyton Sanford stock that I think. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with <laughs> I, know, you. I know you do. Hey, brother, uh, who's going to win the? Uh, who's going to cut down the nets Monday night? You know, I I I picked Duke at the start. Yeah. It's the only one I got left. I had Duke and Arizona in the finals. I just think it's been Duke's team yeah. or Duke's year. Whether it's K or again, they got five first rounders on that team. <laughs> um, I think they you know they get by Carolina pretty easily. I think there's some revenge there. And then, but, but Kansas is good too. So I, I guess Duke, Kansas, Duke gets them by six in the finals. 
Uh, great stuff. Wade, uh, again, thanks for what you do for uh, Trent and I throughout the Hawkeye basketball season. We certainly appreciate it. Um, if you're good for next year, we will be in your um, – and well, we'll be texting you and lining you up. I appreciate We're it. Grateful. Thanks, bud. Hopefully we'll see you All next right, week. Thanks, Take care. You guys. Yep. Thank you. All good, right. Take care. Good to talk to you. Wade Looking, Bill, on Iowa. Tommy Birch on Iowa State and baseball with Birchie. He's next. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. That's off. Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Let's get right to our friend Tommy Birch as we don't want to run out of hour. Lots of ground to cover with Birchie. Birchie in baseball, and he joins us. Hello, Tommy Birch. How are you? I'm doing good. How about you guys? Doing well. Uh, for just one real quick one on baseball, and then we're going to talk Iowa State men's and women with you. Um, at least one on baseball. Uh, and you're going to cover him. Brennan Davis is going to be here. He was here briefly last year, right, Tommy? Correct. Yeah, he finished up uh, the end of the season here in AAA. Ended up hitting uh, hitting home runs in his first two at bats in uh, <laughs> in AAA, and that's kind of that's kind of been the show for Brennan Davis, kind of having a flair for the dramatic. You know, he hit two home runs in the Futures game and has kind of rapidly risen up the the prospect list. He's always been a prospect in the. In the eyes of the Cubs and a lot of the, you know, baseball prospect analysts. But the 2021 season, the success he had during that year really rocketed him, uh, rocketed him up the list where now he's the number one guy in the Cubs system and number 15 overall. So mm. if you're a Cubs fan, you're, you're in Des Moines. He's the guy you're, you're going to want to watch this season. There are going to be some other big prospects making their way through. But Brennan is is the guy that a lot of people are going to be watching and keeping their eye on. I-Cubs will get the home schedule started on the 12th Tuesday with uh, a six-game series as we've gone back to that with Toledo coming to town there Tuesday the 12th through the 17th. Birchie, uh, what on the Twins? Chris Archer, is there anything left in the tank? Hopefully there's got to be something (laughs) for the money they gave him. I mean, I think it's one of those signings where it's still low risk, possibly high reward. You know, I think for the Twins and looking at their rotation, or like, okay, we're going to place him at the back end of that rotation if we get something out of him, great. I think hopefully it takes off some of the pressure of some of the younger arms that they're hoping to to count on in that rotation. But, uh, you know, if he can stay healthy, that's kind of been the key for for Chris Archer, when he has stayed healthy, he's pitched reasonably well, but that's been a giant if. So um, it is pretty amazing to see what the Twins have done during this offseason mm-hmm. where they are they are at a point where they're pretty mm-hmm. much throwing all the chips in the middle of the table. And I think part of that is you see what the White Sox are doing and you know the window is closing on the AL Central. And if you want to compete for, uh, you know, for a Central Division title, like, man, you got to go now. The window is still open for a team like the Twins, but the way the White Sox are set up, you know, they could be a team that eventually takes control of this division for a long, long time. Uh, real real quick, Tommy, and then I would say promise. Uh, Brennan Davis is here because, is it at bats? Is that, is that, um, I mean, what 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 do they want to see? Are they does it? Do you hate the seasoning? They're not going to eat them. Um, but but you, you get my you get my point, right? Why is why is he still here? Is it a lack of at bats at minor leagues? 
Yeah, it's uh, and that's kind of the big question I've heard a lot of is it service time manipulation with the which obviously the Cubs have been known to sure. do. It comes to guys like Chris Bryant, but I mean, this is a guy that has had some injuries, only has a couple hundred at bats in the minor leagues. The 2020 season was wiped away. He was drafted in 2018, so didn't get a lot of time there. He's only got, I think, 13, 15 games in AAA. So he's got he's got to get experience. He's got to work on his defense. But he just needs time. He just needs playing time. And, you know, you know, look, frankly, there's also just no room for him in Chicago with all the outfielders they have. So uh, let's jump over to Iowa State. Ashley Jones, you covered the team during the NCAA tournament run to the Sweet 16. She returns, and I believe I saw a tweet, preseason top 10 team. Mm-hmm. What pushes them higher than that, though? We see the elite of the elite in women's college basketball. Is there an incoming recruit? Is there a transfer maybe candidate that can push this team from really good to that next tier? Yeah, they've got one recruit coming in in Chantavia uh, Dawkins, but... Um, but right now, I think what Iowa State's got to go out and look at, and I think they are, is the transfer portal trying to find some help in the post play. You know, they they got some good play from there with Morgan Game, Beatrice Jordao. Um, but look, that that was kind of an overwhelming uh, a problem for Iowa State dealing with the physicality of opposing teams. I mean, that was pretty much the blueprint for success for teams to have success against Iowa State was just overpowering overpowering them. So I think Iowa State's got to get a four or a five, somebody uh, that can kind of help with that. I think they definitely have some internal candidates where Nymir do really emerge as a really sharp player at the end of the year. Jordan made some improvements, but I think that's the one area that just you, you got to get some improvement on some somebody to help with the physicality because you look at that roster, I mean, they have plenty of production when it comes to guard play with Lexi Darnarski, Emily Ryan, uh, even Ashley Jones with all of her versatility. So I think you get that area cleaned up and man, you kind of like what you had said, Trent, you know, you're talking about a really, really good team, possibly going to really elite type of team. Yeah, and there's two of them in the state, right? That are good, that's uh, promised to be a really fun winter uh, next year. Well, Tommy, what about the men? We know TJ's come in. We've already started to see some movement on the roster. Some guys that uh, aren't going to be back. Uh, TJ's does as well as anybody when it comes to bringing in uh, transfers to the program. I mean, look what he did with Brockington and Kalsher, uh really changing the culture there and buying into that system. And we know that uh, the TJ's going to be active again. Um, what are you hearing, if anything, as to, you know, are, are they getting close? And is the, I guess they are, there's one name still out there, right? Enaruna, as far as the last year's roster, the question mark that still remains out there. And is, uh, is he moving forward with anybody that you've heard of? Yeah, he hasn't said, I, I don't believe yet. And I think right now, if you're Iowa State, you know, what do you need? You, you probably want to get some shooters yeah. in there. And I think this is something that T.J. Otzelberger can really sell now where he can go out there and find uh, either a shooter or I think you really probably the glaring hole for this Iowa State men's team is somebody that can just drive to the hoop and, and facilitate on his own. I think that's something we're going to see Tyrese Hunter really, uh, you know, emerge and kind of get better at. You know, that's something that 
He started to improve on towards the end of the season. I think that's kind of the next step in his progression uh, as, as, a, as a point guard for Iowa State. But if you can get him a shooter, maybe somebody else that can take it to the hoop, it's going to really open things up for Iowa State. And I think, you know, look, look at what TJ did when he walked into this Iowa State team and what he was able to get, you know, before he had uh, you know, a successful season and a trip to the Sweet 16. The options are going to be out there a lot more for DJ. And I think the good thing, too, is no matter who he finds, you know, it kind of reminds me of what Matt Campbell does. Matt Campbell always talks about players' formation, plays kind of fitting, uh, you know, fitting a system to the type of players he has. T.J. Alsaberger does a really good job with that, too. So no matter what he finds, I think you got to have a lot of faith in knowing that he is going to be able to adjust it to those players. No doubt about it. Bertie, we're out of time. Thanks for doing this, Tommy. Look forward to having you on a bunch during baseball season. Uh, thanks again, Tommy. Have a great week. Thanks for having me, guys. Good to talk to you. Tommy Birch, Des Moines Register. Hour 2 coming up next. Miller and Condon, 106.3 KM.